0: Welcome to the Queen Sugar podcast, and we're going to talk about episode four today. And today we're joined by two amazing guests. I'm going to start with the glue. Yes. Which is makes it easy to know who it is. It's Ethan. <laughs> hey, Ethan, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Glad you could join us today. Thanks. Uh, we also have, if we talk about the glue, I guess we have to talk about the wordsmith. Um, And we have Shaz Bennett, who's our showrunner this year. Hey, Shaz.
2: Hi, everybody. Shaz is
0: also a director on the series, and Shaz is one of our alum directors. Uh, You directed for the first time in season. Three? Yeah.
2: I directed the. Very controversial episode where Remy and Nova go out on the lake. Oh
0: yeah, yeah people are still talking about that episode.
2: <laughs> My first episode of TV ever it was exciting. Oh
0: yeah, I know. We had we had a uh, an event where we talked about directors and their first episodes of television and how important Queen Sugar was for that. Yeah. Um, I always think about Ethan because he's like the world he comes into. Women only direct. We <laughs> only had directors on the show that yeah. were women.
2: <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been directed by a man? Ah. Uh, oh well, your last movie oh yes definitely last
1: movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I think in one other Scottish thing I did.
2: Play. We don't that say was it out fun. loud in a theater. That was fun. <laughs> that was so cool.
0: Shaz, tell us, uh, just, you know, after kind of coming into the Queen Sugar family, going down to New Orleans and directing, yeah. um, just, you know, what are your reflections about Queen Sugar as a whole?
2: I mean, it's, it is really, truly just a family. Like, it really feels like from the crew to the cast to, you know, the writers, all the directors, we're all really close we still like stay in touch and you know call each other for advice and starting with Ava for all the way down you know like she's the one who set the tone for the show in the first place Mm -hmm. Um, last season in season six I was a writer so I got to like kind of shape the story for season six and then directed the last two episodes and then when Ava said come on this season is the showrunner I was so like honored but I was like Blood pressure because this is like the final season. It's like so beloved family. I don't want it to end. I was just thinking of the last time I saw you in real life was your last day in New Orleans. It was yeah. so sad. It was. It definitely was. I mean, it's been
1: seven years and I'm 12 now, so it's been more than half my lifetime. And like a lot of the season one, yeah. I can barely remember it. It's like very faint. <laughs> How
2: old were you in season one? Uh, be about five. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we were, we were talking just, you know, we had the baby this year on set, which mm-hmm. uh, was so great. But it's like, you know, you've been the only kid that's been on set the whole time outside of your stand-in. your yeah. double who would be there while you were there. Uh, what was it like just being on set and working with adults like that every day?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting experience being around older people who really give you a lot of advice and tips because they've been doing it for a long time. So mm-hmm. if you ever – if I've ever, like, needed help or – a little confused by it, though. come and help me, and it's, it's really nice to have that whole connection with the whole Queen Sugar family.
0: A lot of people don't realize that even when you're a kid actor on set, you still got to do school every day. Yeah! What was that like, <laughs> having to work and then go to school and then go back to work?
1: I mean, well, I'm homeschooled, so I do my independent study now, so like this year all my stuff is on the computer, so it's not too bad my teacher understands about it so if i ever like have a problem i just like let him know and usually it's it's not that bad like i always try over the weekend if i know that i don't have stuff to just try to get ahead whenever i have time because i'm like i don't know the next time i'll be able to do it
0: (laughs) yep and i mean i guess a lot of kids now know what it's like to be homeschooled because they stayed home for all the years because of the pandemic Um, but one of the things I always thought was great when we'd be on set and you'd have to go off uh, for school is you had like the best field trips because we'd be out sometimes at the farm, oh, we'd yeah. be out in all these different locations and you got to like, you know, run wander- off into the field, wander around. Um, what did you, I, and you have family from that area, uh, what do you feel like those experiences were like being in New Orleans for such a long time?
1: I think it's uh, it's been a really enjoyable experience because my dad was born in New Orleans so I was I got to see my grandparents for this whole time, and, I mean, that is really, that was really a special time to yeah. be around your family for for those times, and I really I, enjoyed it.
0: I felt like we got to know your grandparents well, too, because they would go by <laughs> and eat lunch with us sometimes. Yeah. It was always wonderful to see them come. Well,
2: your whole um, family was there. Yeah. Your little, your little sister, your mom, and your dad. It yeah. Was so great.
0: and so shaz what about you going into new orleans how did you like new orleans
2: it's such a great city like i fell in love with that city i want to i want to live there (laughs) it's just like it's so you know it's such a like it's a fun city like everywhere you walk there's music playing and you know just there's lots of bars and great food and just like but then when you just be walking along there's Deep history, like really intense, deep history, like um, you know, all over down in near the French Quarter. You're just walking, you're suddenly like, all oh, right. This is like a really old
0: titty. <laughs> Speaking of wanting to get back to New Orleans, this episode starts off with Blue apparently wants to get home because he's getting suspended from school. <laughs> yeah. I know, Ethan, you've never been suspended from school, but how did you channel like your inner Blue to? to be, so, and, and but what he gets suspended from school from isn't like throwing milk at a kid or, or cheating on an assignment. He went in and hacked the computer. Computer system of the school to try to update the curriculum to be more accurate, which sounds very much like Blue.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Ethan,
0: you would never do that, though, right?
1: No, I mean, I, whenever I find something, I'm like, "Hey, that's weird." I usually just look it up, and I'm like, "Ah, there is the full story about it." So I'm always trying to have a, a whole plate of all sides of the story.
0: How was it writing for Blue?
2: It's always so fun writing for Blue because he's like a, he's very precocious, you know. He does, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes, sometimes we'll be writing and uh, like, is this too? Does this feel too like an adult? But then Ethan comes and performs it, and it's <laughs> like it's perfect, you know. Like that whole speech he gives is almost weirdly like you're you're almost better when you're super nerded out. Like that <laughs> speech he gave in in the baby shower too was so um, great. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> like, thanks. Like he's as an actor, he, he'll he take in the lines and he just like gets really like into it.
0: <laughs> do you find it uh, writing for the different characters? Do you have to like figure out each of their voices? How do you guys usually do it? Do you arrange it by character and each writer writes for a character? How do, how do you work that out?
2: I mean, we break all the stories together. Um, you know, Ava will always say, you know, any of the plot or the exposition needs to be grounded in a character. Mm-hmm. So like half of the time when we're really trying to come up with, um, like a, a story point like this, you know, it, it's like, cause the show always has like a little bit of like history lessons and really interesting mm-hmm. touch on interesting wild topics. But, um, if it's not grounded in that character, it usually'll get cut, you know. <laughs> so but after seven seasons too, like I just know these people. Like mm-hmm. I just I feel like they're, you know I, f- I feel like they're my family too. Like I started as a fan and it's like I just can picture a Nova speech. I can picture a Kofi you know a Ralph Angel speech, I can picture blues speeches. <laughs> <laughs> Although Blue's really good at um, improv too he
0: throws in little little lines keeps it, <laughs> one-liners <keeps it> <laughs> when you're out um you know in your re- uh, everyday life is Ethan do people recognize you as blue
1: yeah that that is definitely fun when it happens like one of the times like I think it was right after we had finished I went to a restaurant in New Orleans and uh the person right next to us and it was so funny when she came up She's was like are you blue and I mean during the pandemic I kind of missed it because mm-hmm. Like, you never truly have gratitude for it until you don't have it. So, I mean, it's it's really fun, and I'm always happy when I can bring joy to somebody's day. Because I know how I would feel if I saw sure. somebody who I'm a huge fan of in a movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I always want to – that's how I would want my idol – to respond to me like I would want to respond the same way yeah. to somebody who feels the same way about me.
0: I think that's great, but I no one see. ever recognizes the director or the writer. <laughs> no, huh?
2: not nobody
0: really. ever comes up. Shazmit it.
2: Nope. No, and the, yeah. I, last night there was like you know we did this big event at the DGA and Oprah was there and Ava was there. So every once in a while, someone who had just seen us mm-hmm. <laughs> will say, "Hey, Shaz," you know. But most of the time, they don't recognize the writer directors. <laughs> that's okay. I like so, it behind so the camera.
0: <laughs> from From Blue's point of view, does do you think that Blue knows everything that's going on with the family, with the farm, that that his dad is 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 losing the farm right now in the story, or does Blue not know?
1: I think Blue knows. In more of a emotional and general sense, because me, as Ethan, like, I know if something's off, I can always, like, sense it in somebody, mm-hmm. so I think Blue kind of has that same feeling about it, where he's like, something's off, but it could be me, I don't know fully, and I'm going to play along with this in a kind of way, so mm-hmm. I think it's more of a half-half where he has that hunch about it, but mm-hmm. it's not all that sure, and he would like to know the
0: truth. He'd like to know the truth. Yeah. Um, I mean that that battle of holding on to the land versus the the farmers versus the, the Landry's. It's yeah. been age old battle on the show. Yeah. Um, this episode really kind of ratchets it up because the farmers are gonna try to band together and and go down and, and save Parthena's land. Yeah. Um, but Sam Landry doesn't let that happen.
2: That's Sam Landry. <laughs>
0: When you're writing that and you're trying to figure out how the actors should respond, how the characters would respond, yeah. how do you guys as a, a writing team um, channel that? How do you figure out what the moments should be?
2: We did a lot of research on, you know, black farms and co ops and how they're, how they, how they. Stay together and how they get torn apart. And one of the things that they do is it, you know, if if they're in it, if they've got their land together, outside forces are just trying to pick them off and like Mm -hmm. take a little bit less, a little bit less. So, so we'd done a lot of research. We interviewed a couple of people that own farms. We we interviewed the owner of this farm, the Soulfire Farms in New York, and you know she gave us a lot of great ideas. And then you know Ava had an idea. They can't really Give away too much, but it's going to come up in 713. As, as you know, Ava had specific beats that we were working towards because she want, she kind of knew where it was going to end. Mm-hmm. So, we w- definitely, there's certain things in that storyline we needed to lay in over the season to make it pay off. Mm-hmm. So, so, it kind of, you know, and, and the, it's so devastating. Parthena lost her land, and, you know, there there's a really in, insane amount of stories where that's real true yeah. you know and yeah. we you know we try and be as accurate as possible and, and realistic, you know, yeah. I mean, highlighting I think a, some something. A,
0: a lot of people will resonate, that story will resonate, especially kind of post-COVID, yeah. as the laws have changed about the ability for people to rescue their yeah. property from repossession, from banks or yeah. landlords, or trying to just figure out how to survive. It feels like, you know, regardless of if there's some, you know, land baron trying to take the land, or if you're yeah. just a regular person that just yeah. finds yourself in a position not being able to make your bills work, um that story seems to be very yeah. ver- very present day.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and you know the debt relief bill was like all ready to go and all the farmers had put in their mu- their mm-hmm. paperwork and then this lawsuit came up saying claiming reverse discrimination it's still on hold it mm-hmm. still hasn't been set, settled you know yeah so I mean and,
0: and that's mm-hmm. really at the core of this story, right yeah. I mean these farmers were hoping for yeah. relief and it they didn't could happen they've just
2: got that little bit of money yeah. you know you're working for that ex you know if you get that twenty thousand, yeah. that's gonna save you till harvest time you right. know so right. So, yeah, I mean, it It, it was really um, – it was fun to, like, kind of figure out all those details. But then it's also, you know, you don't want to get too lost in the details. No, of course not. <laughs> like, I gave you a whole lesson on how the farm <laughs> – that relief – but that's not going to be great television. So you try and, you know, ground it in a story and a character we love, Parthena. So.
0: Well, talking about good television, um, while Darla is up dealing with Blue and the principal – Ralph Angel's left back in St. Joe's with the baby by himself. What do you think? Now, we feel reasonably good after seeing the episode that Ralph Angel would know what to do. What do you think? Could Kofi deal with the baby by himself? He does have a dog um, he takes care of. So. He
1: does, lady. Um... I think he could do it. Okay, Definitely. all right, he could do
0: it. All right. Well, regardless, either he was a really good actor because he handled it well, or he could really handle it himself.
1: I think he can handle it himself.
0: What do you think is in store for the family for Ralph, Angel, Darla, True, and Blue? Blue is coming home. You're you're going to be back in with the family. Do you think it's it's it goes on as normal? What do, what do you think happens?
1: I think there's kind of that energy about like something's off that my parents don't want to tell me and mm-hmm. with that I don't know if we will be able to enjoy everything there but he's going to try to play along with it and hopefully bring everybody together where we can all be happy. Mhm. Blues the glue. Blues the glue. They <laughs>
0: used to say that. Do you ever hear anyone say that?
1: yes many He's, times, yeah, many times. Say all the
0: time. <laughs> when um, you're on set often we have a stand in for you which is another little boy who is going to end up wearing the exact same clothes as you <laughs> we're going to cut his hair so it looks very similar to yours <laughs> Um, he's usually every about once your in saying, a while, Hi. He
2: gets in every once in a while.
0: Um, is that weird to have like this doppelganger <laughs> on set? That's like you know from a distance. Like is that? Oh no, that's not Ethan. That's you know. What's that like having someone else uh, dressed exactly like you every day?
1: I think it's pretty cool because <laughs> when I think about it, then like we can we should switch places. Mm, <laughs>
0: it's like having a twin almost, huh?
1: Yeah, in a way, it's kind of like having an yeah. on-set twin. <laughs> What's his name? Sean? It's Sean. A- yeah. um, mm-hmm. Sean and Austin.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Yeah. We've had two different ones because oh, yeah. the kids grow at different heights and oh, times right. yeah. and trying to match that up was always yeah. was always a challenge. <laughs> um, but it will at least always another, um, you know, kid on set for you to to be around.
1: Yeah.
0: Because uh, if not, it would just be, a you know, a, <laughs> a bunch of crew members and cast members <laughs> and you. Um, what, uh, what was that, uh, process like? Is it, I know you, uh, Shaz mentioned it and you posted it on Twitter, just like walking off the set for the last time.
1: That was really sad. I mean, I've been to that stage so many times and it's like to leave it is something like leaving a self of yourself behind and knowing that you can't necessarily come back to it. You said mm-hmm. it
0: earlier, you know, that you had, you know, basically spent half your life, more than half. Yeah, more than half. Your I'm life 12 doing that.
1: now, so it's
0: yeah, it's just over half. half. Yeah, just this has been such a defining part of your childhood, um, much as many of us could talk about. Oh, I went to a certain elementary school. Yeah, or, I did a trip <laughs> to Disneyland. You spent this, you know, period of time, six years, seven seasons on a show, um, building a character of Blue. Do you think parts of Blue stay with you from now on forever?
1: Definitely. I mean. I feel like every every project, every character I've played, it it, it sticks with you because mm-hmm. when you think of it, you're you're just kind of reorganizing yourself or rearranging yourself, almost mm-hmm. like uh this is one metaphor I use. It's like you're shining a flashlight, but you put different filters there, mm-hmm. and I feel like the filters stay there, and I use them in my life, and they get everybody kind of melts together into me
0: mm-hmm. and who I am. What were your favorite mm-hmm. scenes to shoot? What Did you enjoy the, the scenes which you guys did just as a family? Did you like it when we did, like, the bigger scenes with everybody? What were your favorite I definitely
1: love the bigger scenes with everybody because it's, like, I, I get to see everybody. And then, like, just the family scenes are also really fun because you get to really connect with the Bordelon family. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, bo- both of them, any scene I do... It's always it. so much fun.
0: The things that we always look forward to when we would get the scripts and we'd have to start figuring out, oh, we're going to shoot, you know, the schedule for the week. Uh, and there was always, you know, from season to season, it it depends on the uh, where it happens, but there's always a moment where the whole family gets together for a dinner. Yeah, you know, just like a regular family, they have a big family dinner, and those were always. Very long days because we had to shoot our way around the table, you know, yeah. to get everybody's reaction. Everybody had <laughs> a glance, yeah. you know, a moment where Blue looks at Darla or Ralph Angel looks at Hollywood. You yeah. had we to capture catch it all, all those moments. So it always <laughs> took all day. But and, and you guys always had to have all that food. We had to refresh the food and refresh the food. One um, thing I
1: do like about food scenes is especially when they can eat them. Uh, for one of the scenes, the chicken cheers mm-hmm. scene, yeah. those nuggets I was actually eating, I, d- I didn't eat lunch because
2: I'm like, I am you so knew. full. Yeah,
0: you knew, you knew that you were going to be so full. It d- was d- one of
2: those uh, improvs. Yeah. Like, he and Omar, chicken cheers.
0: <laughs> but on those big family day scenes, um, I felt like it, it was always, when I think back on them, each of them had like a, a special moment to it, but it was almost like it was a Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Like you were getting together with your family, and you guys were going to share an experience. Yeah. And it was always a big deal to get everybody to set because you all had to go through hair and makeup. <laughs> you had to get your hair cut, and that yeah. always took time. Um, you know, yeah. uh, it was just a big deal to get everybody there. Those, at one scenes,
2: time. those scenes are so fun and so much work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's the work balance flow. Yeah.
2: But I love, I love all those scenes. I love I, that. That was one of the hardest things for me was the last time we were in Vi's house because mm-hmm. that table is just such a character, you know. And was just, I remember I turned to Ava and I was like, this is the last scene we're going to shoot in Vi's house. We're going to tear it down tomorrow. I
0: know. <laughs> I know. You know, we took all those sets down. They're all gone. Yeah. All the sets are gone now.
2: You guys took lots of photos?
0: We did. We actually have a great time lapse of mm-hmm. the sets coming down. Oh. We'll have to oh. send it to you so you can see it.
2: <laughs> but then also, I'd throw in, um, you know, going back to Kofi and the baby, that baby really grew on Kofi. Like, initially, I don't think she was that trusting of him, but <laughs> near near um, this episode, she was good. She was like, she really liked him. So I fun. do think he could handle it. yeah. And, and Twan, we brought mm-hmm. back, uh, you know, Brian and Michael Smith, and it was so great to have these two dads in mm-hmm. the Baby and Me For class. Baby and Me class. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: remember doing Baby and Me classes when my kids were young. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> I think you were talking about it earlier. I loved when the uh, baby would sleep on set, I know. And, and, and she was snoring. That was. I thought the, that was the amazing. cutest
1: thing. <laughs> oh, but you know what her double was? This I have to tell you. Oh yeah. So her double was. You know this, right? Yeah. The double was a doll. And somebody on set put thick eyebrows, a mustache, a band-aid, and a tattoo on the other arm. It was a whole thing. And the whole set was
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. That um, oh, poor doll.
0: <laughs> sounds like our props department. yeah
2: <laughs> Double of Daisy was... Uh, Really had a hard life.
0: (laughs) I think there was a a number of Instagram posts about the baby, the the double baby for a while uh, because it was so challenging. Um, One of the big moments in this episode uh, near the end of the episode was Prosper. Yeah. Prosper is about to go through some changes. Things are happening. Why don't you tell us about it?
2: so sweet. Yeah. Prosper proposed to Sandy, took the opportunity to, Pull out his trumpet, show off, showboat around a little bit, and that was so sweet. Then we had we had Black Indian come, which is
0: so yeah. cool,
2: and it's like, you know, it was like a real. That was another big long day, you know, because we yeah. had all those different little sequences. Stacy Muhammad directed this yep. episode. It was just a great I think it
0: was the first time we've had a, a an Indian on the show, right? I mean
2: I think that I think that's what they said. I think Brent you know. our casting our extras casting mentioned I think there was yeah. maybe one other time in the first season. Yeah. But we are you know, this whole season, you know, Ava and I talked a lot about like wanting to like send a love letter to the city and, and bring back characters that we loved over the last seven seasons. Mm-hmm. I'd, I had a lot more that <laughs> Paul, who pays for everything, he said pulled back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes we can't afford all the all the bells and whistles, and we can get some of them though. Um, what was uh, th- this season? Micah has really kind of leaned into this. You know, modern day concept of monetizing his art, Art, Um, and he sells you know this this piece and is really kind of leaning into it. What 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 do you think draws Micah to that world?
2: Yeah, I mean that was that's been kind of a fun world too. Like I don't, I still don't wholly understand how NFTs work, but I I did a lot of research. No, a
1: good bit. Oh, tell us.
2: (laughs) Uh, NFT stands for
1: non fungible token, so. It's basically a. It is a specific copy of the art that basically has like a tag on it. Mm-hmm. So, it it can be duplicated. Like you can take a screenshot, but the actual piece with the tag, which is made official, cannot be redone. Yeah, oh, it was right. the most interesting one. Is somebody sold a Twitter like response? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, St- sold
0: their tweet. They just
1: sold their tweet. Mm-hmm. It was a picture. I'm like. <sighs> Wow! Yeah. No.
0: Would you sell any of your sister's art as a <laughs> NFT?
1: I'd have to talk to her first. Oh, comes to some agreements there. Okay. Okay. Maybe <laughs> possible. Okay, but really good.
0: As you've delved into that world, though, um, yeah. what do you think? Is there things that you would put in as an NFT?
2: I don't think I have anything that's particularly sellable as an (laughs) NFT. But it is interesting. Like, it's a very interesting world. And a lot of photographers are making a living um, are finally being able to actually sell their artwork on the Internet. And And so we were kind of interested in that. But then there's sort of two minds, like, what kind of things sell? And right now, a lot of the stuff that sells is a little kind of... Questionable or like exploitive. Um, whereas, like, there's some of these new um, black and brown and queer collectives that are doing something really different in Web3, you know?
0: So, well, we, we, I think you guys pose it. I mean, it's interesting. Micah really starts leaning into this um, um, nexus of who he is as a character with his activism, kind of the roots of, you know, his parents, his aunt and trying to really figure out who he is as an artist and and how he vibes in that 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 world does he does he fold into it does he stand out in it um i mean in in all of it i mean you know micah that character's grown up from being a high schooler to an adult uh, much how blue has turned from you know a little bitty kid to being a teenager almost yeah you just had a birthday, right? Last week. Last week. September seven. Wow! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Mm-hmm. Each of you guys have grown up so much. We we watched the trailer for season one yesterday, um, and I was shocked uh, at how young Kofi and Bianca yeah. and everybody looked, but you
2: looked like a little <laughs> bitty kid. Yeah. It was
0: amazing.
2: And Nick Ash looked so young. Yeah, well, now he has a I full mean,
0: beard. I know, they dress,
2: you know, I'm sure they also cut his hair shorter and shaved, We you know? <laughs> We would have to
0: shave Nick twice a day when, yeah. when in the beginning season. When he was
2: trying to be a high school Yeah, when kid. he was trying yeah. to be a high school Because he
0: was really, you know, he turned 21 our first season. His 21st birthday was the first week we were shooting.
1: Yeah. I think I actually remember that. His birthday.
0: Yeah. I think you came by. Faintly. Yeah, I think you guys came by. <laughs> so long ago. So long ago. It was <laughs> half your life ago. That's a long time. It <laughs> was. Um, but, but, but Nick, we used to have to shave him because by the afternoon, his beard would start growing back.
1: Yeah. Wait, what?
0: Yeah. It would grow back so fast. Yeah. <laughs> he was so happy. He he would call Ava and be like, can can Micah grow a beard? Can he grow a mustache? Yeah. Because <laughs> we were literally having to shave him twice a day. So now he has a, a full beard. And it's yeah. great because you could really see how that character yeah. changed from what? high school Micah to kind of yeah. college, post-college Micah.
2: Know, like right before the season, I rewatched the entire, you know, six seasons because mm-hmm. I wanted to see, make sure I'd seen everything. And um it's just it's Micah is a really interesting character, like where he started, where he is now. And this, this is a fun season for him. I really think he kind of really does yeah. come into his own. As
0: yeah. And I think everybody was happy to see Kiki back. Yeah.
2: I know. You she's know? so
0: cute. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that's kind of grown up on the show. Kiki was actually over 21 when we yeah. started I know, Um, Danielle is so great. And she's
2: like, now she's like, the first time we see her in the Ashe Cultural Center, she's got this beautiful braid and she's like, she's grown grown up. She's grown. It's great. Yeah, it's great. great.
0: All right, as we get to the end of this, Ethan, I'd love for you to just talk real quick just about the whole Queen Sugar experience. What was it like for you?
1: I mean, it's incredible. Like, I, I can't even put it in words. It's to just to be a part of something for that long. And when you know people and have a connection with you for that long, they almost become your second family, Mm -hmm. the Queen Sugar family. And I, I, I hope that this project will live on with other people for a very long time.
0: I think that's the the magic of television is that, you know, from years, years from now, people will still be watching shows and yeah. reliving moments. And hopefully the stories we told will be universal and, and they'll find some um, importance to it in the future, if not just capturing the moment of yeah. of what we were doing at the time. Because it was uh, I think one of the things that the show does so well is, you know, really capture current times well. Um, even, you know, what was it, season five, where they have, you know, the the talk with Blue about, you know, interacting with the police or talking about, um, you know, the the idea of uh, family and legacy. All those things are just kind of universal things that, would, you know, I would hope stand the test of time.
2: I think so. I mean, it's season five, and, you know, I know that was a tough season for everyone, and, and uh, you know, but... Rewriting that whole season to really capture the board in this moment, yeah. its so great! Like, it's yeah. such a smart, um, time capsule of that really intense time we all went I mean, through. We,
0: we always <laughs> talk about the writing and, and the big pivot that we made on the writing, but I mean, you remember as an actor, we made you guys stand sequestered in a hotel the whole time. What was that like? I
1: it, was, it was fun, um. <laughs> It was uh, for this last season it was me and my dad, so we had a lot of fun times together. <laughs> but I do miss it when when uh we were all together in it so Yeah.
0: COVID changed a lot of how we make shows, you know, just Definitely the, we don't have as many extras, we don't have yeah. guests on set, it all it all really changed. More after doubles. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> no more doubles.
2: You know, I I look forward to the time when we're all back and we have to do a blue spin off.
1: <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. I would actually, uh, I, would, I would hope that would happen. That would be fun. That would be I never fun. actually thought about that. A blue spinoff.
0: You could do blue at boarding school. Mm, you like that, huh? We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, I, it's going to be real hard to ask a question that Shaz doesn't know because she's so um, deep into the show. I have one that might be hard enough for you. Maybe. <laughs> when Blue has to learn to defend himself after being messed with at school, he gets um, advice from his mother and his father on what to do if it happens. And I'm going to tell you what the advice was, and you have to tell me who said it. Okay. One of Blue's parents says, all it takes is one jab under the nose and he'll stop. The other parent says... You gotta come at him from the side, and you've got to take them and start tickle fighting with them. <laughs> so, which That's parent said which name?
2: I think Darla said the first line.
0: Which one? The one where you have uh, to one
2: punch in the nose. I'm actually, yeah, I actually agree with you there.
0: <laughs> and then I don't who remember And so thing Ralph, Ralph Angel, Angel said? Tickle. You're right. Yes. Right. You would think that it would be the opposite. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm looking up. Ralph Angel is, it's, it's, he's sweet yeah, at
0: heart. <laughs> he's a teddy bear, huh? So is Diana. Definitely. <laughs> There's an episode where Blue is playing outside and something happens that scares Ralph Angel and he comes running out there and Blue finds something in the yard, in the lawn. Do you remember what it was? It was a drone. It was a drone. I remember that scene. You remember it. it.
1: Very well. It was at the beginning of the intro carton, Queen Sugar. It It is. Yeah, right. It's the scene. You're running. running And
0: And then you go out and you find a drone out there. You remember that?
1: I do remember that.
2: Nice one. I
0: thought I was going to get you with that one. (laughs) Well, it was wonderful having this talk with you guys, talking about Thanks, episode four. Um, and um, I know there's all kind of good things coming up in so the next episode, happened. so we'll see what happens. Which we'll I directed. Which you direct, I know. <laughs> um, and thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks,
2: Ethan. I keep going to call you blue. So just <laughs> blue to me. Hey, Ethan, I'm you. blue.
1: And I'm wearing blue.
2: Yes, I am wearing blue. <laughs>
1: I did not realize that, that is completely happenstance. (laughs)